Welcome to Clearing the Queue with Alex and Matt. Here's how it works. Each episode starts with a friend of ours signing into their Netflix account. Together, we scroll through their queue. Ultimately, we find a movie that's been on there a little too long, and we watch it together. The best part is that every queue is unique, so it tells a story about the person. Here's a question. Are we going to record ourselves talking about the movie during the movie? No, 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 no. This is not Mystery Science Theater 3000. It's uh, Clearing the Queue. A Netflix podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Hello. Welcome to Clearing the Queue. This week, we have uh, a guest that I'm super excited to have because... She knows movies. She she's a she's a, everyone's movie buddy. But um, we have director extraordinaire Sammy Cohen. Welcome. Hello, hello. Thanks for being I feel on. Like the bar just got set real high. Yeah. We like to raise expectations and then and then we inev- yeah we just, just disappoint and then surpass everyone? them. Okay. Oh, oh, okay. oh right. even the highest of expe- uh, expectations. Um, like to surpass Sammy them. is someone I've been looking forward to have on for a while. We have like we have friends who are. Just our friends. And then we have friends who really know movies. Yeah. And then we have enemies who really know movies. Yes. And friends who don't. Yeah. And then there's just a whole bunch of other people. Yeah. But you are the friend who knows movies. Well, I'm glad to be here. Um, Sam and I used to work together, and several of us saw the movie Gone Girl, and we all made a pact to wait at work and just all gather around and do like an Oprah book book club breakdown oh, yeah. uh-huh. to just, I don't know, like in retrospect. Is it because it was based on a book? <laughs> I think we were all so excited to see the movie. Mm. I don't know why we, yeah. Why that particular I, I movie? What, yeah. I mean, because it was Fincher? I don't know. Fincher, I think it was like. Trent Reznor did the music. That's why I was, went and saw it. <laughs> I don't remember, but it was a good discussion. Yeah. Good movie. Good music. <laughs> I, have a, I have a question about your name and i'm wondering so it's sammy with an i mm-hmm. growing up i was always maddie with a y but i don't know what led to that happening mm-hmm. and some people would write my name maddie with an i or an ie do you know how you ended up with an i and not the traditional y um specifically my mother i cannot remember a day i've been called samantha which is my given name mm. Since the time I can remember, which is, I don't know, kindergarten maybe, I was writing Sammy. But um, as far as I know and have been told, it was my mom who decided to call me Sammy with two M's and an I. Because she wanted it to be different. And now the sound of Samantha just crushes your your heart. I rebranded and I'm I'm Sammy. (laughs) Never going back. Have you ever experimented with either a heart or a star or something else above the I instead of a traditional dot? That, save that for the reboot of Sammy. <laughs> for the reboot. That would be yeah, that'd be the rebranding. Yeah. <laughs> I do have a joke with a good friend of mine where we're in a band together. It's just a for fun. We don't play too much. And I'm Sammy with a Y and I wear a mustache. And then in the middle of our set I rip off the stash. And I'm Sammy with an I. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. Have you actually done gigs or this is like a We've done, like, done very few gigs. But with this, a mustache? No. Uh. <laughs> this is like theoretically what we'd like to do. Oh, you should do it. Yeah. I mean, the next gig we have, you'll be invited and I will full on be doing Sammy. <laughs> Amazing. I'll show up to the show in a full beard, Maddie with a Y, 
halfway through the show. <laughs> Shave my beard off real quick, Maddie, with an eye. Or, or I was going to say, with frosted tips of your hair. Oh, yeah. So are we going to get into this? No, no, no. no. We should. The no. dirty paintbrush will it's, save for later. The, the juice isn't worth the squeeze, as they say. Um, I can't wait to see your freaking Netflix queue and see what movies you've been putting off watching. I... Uh, just now, when when our pre-talk, you were saying that you've just like most people have shifted from movies to TV. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, even just two years ago, when you set out to really pursue the directing stuff, you were trying to make you wanted to tell ninety-minute stories, and now that's changed. Yeah, um, pretty significantly. Yeah, because now I find myself in. I watch more TV. Um, I enjoy more TV shows than I do movies, and even when I'm writing stories or. They're made for TV. Should we get into it? Should we start with the... Well, the... we got a few things to do. We have the box, and then I have a new segment that I'm debuting that I haven't told you about. <sighs> Love this. Every so often, <laughs> this happens. We just like to play tricks on each other. But... Just to see how I'm on my toes. I'm glad I took that five-hour energy before this. <laughs> this Did you ever notice, by the way, in a, we have a Google Drive folder for the podcast to share information, and once Alex put a folder in it that said, Alex's secret notes, Maddie, don't read. <laughs> and then, do you know that, like... About six months ago, I put in a folder that says Maddie's secret notes Alex don't read, but there's nothing in it. (laughs) I didn't know that. Is there something in your folder, Alex? There was. It was. was. There was. It was for like one gag that you did one time. I don't know why you even posted it. It was just to test our friendship, apparently. I didn't look. He passed. I mean, that's real trust. Well, uh, all right. What are we going to do first? Let's do the the box first. Okay. The briefcase. Sammy, you've listened. We... uh, we like to do a little foreplay where we get, the audience gets to know you a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And let's put it this way. You're familiar with the... <laughs> My segues are not on point today. <laughs> They're really not. Have you heard of a little movie called Pulp Fiction? Well, yes, I have. This is the briefcase from Pulp Fiction. Oh, wow. Yeah. And um, Much lighter in real life. And if you open it up and reach your hand inside... There are items, and you will select one of those items. Can I look as I'm doing this, or just reach blind? If the glow doesn't blind you, (laughs) then yeah, feel free. Okay. And then read what it says on that that item. Ooh, this is a tough one. Can you remember a time you left to go to the bathroom during a movie? Do you know what you missed? You look like you can hold it in pretty well. Um... I really dislike, especially if I'm in a theater, I really dislike to go to the bathroom during the movie. Um, the other day, I was watching Rogue One. A Star Wars, Star Wars episode. Or Fabrication. What's, what's the subtitle of it? A Star Wars Journey. Star Wars Something like Story. Prologue, pro, prologue? Who knows? Um, that's the, the film where they, um, the storyline is they get the, the plans to the Death Star. Yep. And you guys have seen it? Yeah, I have. Well, I've seen the first hour and 15 minutes of it mm. on a plane. And you had to go to the bathroom. And then I had to go to the bathroom for the rest of the plane ride. <laughs> no, the in-flight entertainment thing uh, shut down. It like was on the fritz and it stopped working. So I saw like the first two thirds of that movie and then haven't seen the end. And you've never, you haven't finished it? No. Oh, wow. Um, similar to mine, but I was gone for just a few minutes. (laughs) Um, so that wasn't in a theater that was at home, but I was watching with my roommate and I just ran to go to the bathroom. Mm -hmm. Um, what did I miss? They, I don't remember what I missed. It wasn't that much. 
Um, but they had just, it was like, they had just finished like a big fight scene and there was like, you know, kind of, they were safe. Everything kind of slowed down yeah, for a minute. Yep. And I was like, all right, I'm out of here. And I came right back. You can, oh yeah, there's, a, there are times you can kind of tell where there's going to be some exposition or some slowdown. It's I feel like, like pivotal. Yeah. It's, it's very interesting to track during our own watching for the podcast when we just let it run and when it's like, pause the movie for bathroom breaks. Mm. I can't remember one recently that we've actually actually stopped it. It's, it's been a while since we've paused it. It has to be really good and one of those movies that you can't tell if something's about to happen. Right? Like, usually, in most movies, you can sort of get a feeling for when you've got a couple minutes. Is there right. a movie where you just cannot leave at any point? Hmm. I don't... Yes. There's got to be. There always is. Memento? <laughs> yeah. Yes. That's a great... Yes. <laughs> that's... Well, you, you'll catch it later. You'll... You'll catch the... Yeah, or is that the opposite? Well, or is that one where you could leave at any point and it'll be fine because you're... You could start watching that movie as long as you watch the whole thing. Even if you start halfway through, watch till the end and then go back to... The, you could pick up and mm. watch that movie at any point and I feel like you still get something out of it. I try to go to the bathroom fast when I take movie breaks yeah. at the theater. Yeah. But I always wonder, like, if someone's gonna be paying attention, like, how did he, how did he go that fast? People are like, he didn't wash his hands. Like, strangers <laughs> they're are like, call they're you like out. yeah. Well, just the whole idea that I'm thinking that people are paying attention to what I'm doing when oh. there's actually they paid eighteen dollars to watch a movie. They're sitting they're in front like, of a well, massive well, let's screen. Let's see. Yeah. Like, hmm. Yeah, that was when I got to. But L- I do go fast. I run. <laughs> I book it. You're the guy that runs out of the theater and runs back in. Yes. I was watching Wonder Woman, and and two people did that where they. Booked it out of the, th- I think, to go to the bathroom. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah. Did they come it. back? Mm-hmm. What did they miss? <laughs> uh, that's a good. I don't remember because I was more paying attention. See, I don't, I wouldn't want to leave that movie at any point though. I would like to see it, and I have not yet seen it. It's a great movie. It's on my list. It was very good. Really, you really, saw it too. Really yeah. As soon as the temperature hits a hundred degrees, I'm headed straight to the movie theater to see that movie. I've seen it twice. Because it was so good, or were there other circumstances? The uh, I've really enjoyed it, um, and I like Patty Jenkins a lot. Um, I went to see it a second time because the first time I was so mesmerized, and I think my ten-year-old self was so like excited mm. that I just loved it no matter what, and I wanted to go back and analyze it more, like you know, yeah. Like, you experience anything for the first time, and it's the most amazing thing ever. You don't know I, where to look. You don't know what to... Yeah. Yeah. It was overwhelming in Mes- a great way. Yeah. Yeah. Mesmerize is a good way to put that. So, going back the second time, then you can kind of, you know, break it down. Like, is this a good film, or was I just excited? I still think it's a great film. I think there's only one movie that I've ever seen in theaters twice. I think. No, there's... Actually, there are two, and they're both Batman movies. Batman Forever? <laughs> yeah. And... Batman Returns? Dark Knight. Oh, the Dark Knight. I saw in IMAX and I saw regular. But that's it. I, otherwise, I don't think I've ever gone to a theater twice for the same movie. I have a really embarrassing list of movies I've seen twice. In theaters? Yeah. Tell us the most embarrassing. Celtic Pride. Do you remember this movie? With Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> the plot of Celtic Pride is about Daniel Stern, so the, uh-huh. the villain... From Home Alone. And... Dan Aykroyd, uh-huh. past his prime, and they're diehard Celtics fans, and they kidnap the star of the Lakers at the time, played by Damon Wayans. Is this real? <laughs> yeah. 
And they hold him hostage, um, I'm sure, during a big playoff series uh-huh. or sub-sums. Yeah. And hilarity ensues. It was the worst. I saw it twice. Why? I don't know. I don't know. I was a kid. I was like, I was little. I was like, I don't know. That's amazing. I had like two different friends I wanted to see it with. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, and you also saw that Mel Gibson movie twice because of Conspiracy Eli. Theory. <laughs> yep. I saw that one twice. And then another bad one was I saw Vegas Vacation. The third, the, the one with Ethan Embry and so, Chevy Chase. You pick some interesting. Well, it was like, you could, so if you look, it was like middle school. Yeah. Nothing really. Right. To do. Was this all at the Burlington? Yeah. 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 Nothing to really do. That's amazing. You guys both know the Burlington because you grew up together. Yeah, yeah. the Burlington. Yeah. And I was gonna, I was gonna call it the Burlington, and then I thought that would be too inside. But yeah, the Burlington Ten, or the Burlington as we called it. So I have a new segment. Are we ready for it? Yeah. Okay. It's not fleshed out, but it's something that I've been thinking about for a while. Before we get into your cue, mm-hmm. I want to go into your continue watching Love and it. find Love the it. last movie you watched. Love it. Okay. And ask you about it. The last movie that you've watched, which you only made it about full, 20 minutes into. Full disclosure, I don't know if this is allowed. Someone else watches stuff on my Netflix account, so I hope it was me, well, but go for it. <laughs> did someone else watch Picture Perfect featuring Jennifer Aniston Shit, yes. and uh, that guy? Yeah. That's disappointing. Oh, I wish that was me. That's a great uh, uh, Jay Moore? Jay Moore? Jay Moore, yep. That's who it is. Andre was just recently watching it. Um, I have not seen that movie. The premise for that is ridiculous, too. Do you know what it... I don't actually know much about the movie. Jennifer Aniston somehow brags to someone to just say... Oh, because she's at a really... She's at like a Devil Wears Prada type company Mm -hmm. where you have to really look important and you have to look well put together. And she... For some reason, being single is looked at as a bad thing for mm-hmm. being someone who's like in their mid to late 20s and she needs to look more like put together so she lies about dating uh, Jay Moore's character yeah and right after I don't know who he is in, but then he becomes really famous he like becomes like a like a a hero he like rescues someone from a subway he becomes sure, famous sure. Uh-huh. and everyone starts congratulating her this is a plot of an episode of 30 Rock as yeah, well she, exactly <laughs> and everyone starts congratulating her and telling her she's uh yeah, she's so lucky. Oh my god! So she has to confront the fact that she lied about this, mm. and so she contacts Jay Moore. This is so stupid, really. <laughs> and she's just like, "Hey, look, I lied about this. Can you pretend to be my husband? Yeah, or fi- my fiance, and then we'll like maybe go on a date and have a public breakup so I can get out of this." And it's never that simple. Yeah, and then they fall, and then they in, fall love. in love. And And the whole time she's dating a real, she actually has a serious boyfriend who doesn't care. Does he care about her? No. No, he's He's a a jerk. He's a jerk. Yeah, of course he's a jerk. Okay, well, we we don't need to see the movie now. Clear that one from the queue. Um, Well, I think we're ready to jump into the list. Let's do it. We are in your queue and... There's not a lot, I don't think. No, but what's here is really good. Ooh, okay. Like this is a well, it's a well curated queue. There are 18 things in the queue. A bunch of them are, are TV shows. And they're all it's all the right TV shows. But then there's some movies, and it's a mix of things I'm very curious about and also things that Alex is going to be like, how did you never see, you know, okay. Sixth Sense, for instance? Mm-hmm. That's the first thing in here. Well, I think a big part of the reason... <laughs> I waited too long to see it, and then I obviously know what happens. That was like... 
a spoiler that got spoiled. Sure yeah. was. And so it's the age-old question. If I know how the movie ends, will yeah. I still enjoy the movie? Which I think I will, but I know how it ends. How do you feel about biopics? I like biopics. My problem with biopics is that I feel like they've been spoiled. If mm-hmm. if I know how the person's life ends or what the big thing is that happens, then I have that same question where I'm like, why would I watch this then? So you're not a big fan of biopics? I'm not. You and won't I be keep seeing trying a Tupac movie. No. Is there one? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> from the from the creative minds that brought Doesn't you. Doesn't turn out well. Content. Yeah. It's not going to end well for old our old buddy Tupac. No, probably not. No. Yeah, I think I'll skip it. <laughs> I think I'll skip the end it. Of, the end of the movie is him playing Coachella as a hologram. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that should be the outro credits. That that should definitely be like I'm the, not going to see the movie, but I hope it is. Yeah. Or like the after the credits, like Samuel L. Jackson moment, you know, like from the Avengers movies. Yeah. Like that's the the secret scene at the end is the hologram performance. Um, With the old M. Night yeah. situation here. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've only gotten worse since yes. this movie. Yes. Look, I my first seen t- some my first of those, thing, You have? Yeah. Any of them have any special place? Uh, what was the one that was real bad? The Village or... Was that him? The village. There's the happening. There's the happening. One, I think there was one called the village. If there wasn't, then there might as well be. Joaquin I mean, Phoenix was in the village. I think Mark Wahlberg yes. was in the happening. Mm. Yes, I, yeah, I'm pretty sure. That and then science? there was Lady in the Water. Mm. Ooh, I did not see that. And then there was the last Airbender. I didn't and see the that. Big twist that in that is it was terrible. That's the big <laughs> twist in most of his recent. Um, but then he did the he wrote Devil. He did that elevator and split. Movie. And split. Split is supposed to be better. Split is a horror movie with uh, Split is the one where Melissa McCarthy and Jason Bateman switch bodies. <laughs> <laughs> you, if you can get me a script, get a script on my desk tomorrow, and you got to go picture. Is it greenlit? All right. I love that turn of phrase. Go, it's a you got to go picture. You got to go picture. That's yeah. good. Um, sorry, where were we? I don't know. We're talking about M Night Shyamalan. Okay, I think The Sixth Sense is worth rewatching, hmm. especially because of the mesmerizing factor and the studying factor hmm. that you already cited about Wonder Woman. This hmm. will be really funny to see how he crafted and was able to tell. Yeah, that story. Mm-hmm. This was that his first, or was that just early on for him? Do you remember? It, it was certainly his breakthrough. Yeah, yeah. that I remember. Did he I, do anything else beforehand? I think his most famous credit was he had written Stuart Little. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he, he did wrote, not write Stuart Little. He wrote Stuart the Little. The twist in Stuart Little was that Stuart Little was a mouse. <laughs> the, whole the whole time. time. <laughs> it was just like... All the time. Uh, okay, well, this is a very strong contender for a movie that would be... And I can see why you'd put it off forever, for yeah. eternity. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this is a strong contender for either we delete it now or we watch it and then delete it. Okay. Let's keep going, though, because that's not the only movie in that category. You have Rounders. Matt Damon. I have not playing seen Playing poker. Mm-hmm. With John Malkovich. Mm-hmm. It kind of gets mentioned just by enough people, and there's enough really good people in it with Norton. The yeah. cast is great, Damon, which is why Turturro. I want to see it. Crazy good cast. Yeah. yeah. I saw it a long time ago. I can't say it was like the greatest, but I'd love to go back and revisit. It has a great Lost Gem Counting Crows song in the outro credits. <laughs> really? Yeah. I love that you know that. Yeah. Uh, that was very hard to obtain if you didn't want to buy the soundtrack. <laughs> I mean, we should just ask point blank. Are you with Damon or Norton? Norton. 
Really? Why? Makes more interesting choices? Because we watched, for one of our, we watched, um, I think his, his breakout movie, which was... Oh, yeah, True Primal Fear. Primal Fear. Oh, I have not and seen Primal Fear. And I, once I started watching, I started to realize that Edward Norton gravitates to these roles where he gets to play, like, two personas mm. in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, He's got a darkness that he can tap into that I really love and admire. Um, he's also supposed to supposedly a prima donna of an actor, sure. and as a, mm. as a as a and as a director on the rise. I'm curious if you've ever worked with any <laughs> prima donna actors <laughs> or actresses. Oof, that's a name names. That's a tough question. Um, Who's the most difficult person you've worked with? I won't name names, but I'm in this weird. Uh, I'm I'm early on in my career here. I'm in a weird spot where I do a lot of digital stuff. Digital series. Well, it's um, a shame because it that should have been shot on film. It has to be shot on film. Um, the the YouTubers, this generation of influencers, um, not taste all of makers. them. Tastemakers. Not all of them. Um, I think influencers is better because you can remove the taste aspect. Mm. Not all of them by any means, but some of them are big prima donnas. Without naming names. Great. Do you well, play poker, by the way? Have you played poker? I have played poker. I'm not a big poker player. But you understand the concept. Mm-hmm. Bluffing. You gotta mm-hmm. know when to hold them. Mm-hmm. Deuce is wild. <laughs> right? Go fish. Take a boat down the river. All right. This is, this is a really fun movie, and I haven't watched it in a while, and I think it should be on the list. This would be a, an interesting one to watch. But those are both... So far, all we've talked about is 90s movies. And look, that's no problem for us. We're very comfortable in the 90s. But let's let's look at something that's not from the 90s. 2004, Million Dollar Baby. I have not seen that. Me that's, neither. That falls in the same category as The Sixth Sense. I know how it ends, and that has kept me from watching it, I think. But it's also not known for its twist. No. Mm. I have not seen this either. As wow. a, as, a, mm. as the trifecta, yeah. I have recently removed it from my queue <laughs> on the belief that I will never watch it. Yeah. Interesting. Um, it's an Academy Award winner. Yep. So I just like to see all those, just to yeah. for trivia purposes. Yeah. Sure. Strictly for trivia, <laughs> yeah. trivia purposes. But um, Are you a big fan of the Criterion Collection for similar reasons, or no? Mm, no, you don't usually get a question at trivia night. Name this Criterion. It's too niche. Yeah. <laughs> Way too niche. Yeah. What is it? How do you get into Criterion? I don't even know the qualifications. I don't know. It's a. I mean, that spans back to like the 1900s. I didn't know that. Yeah, the Criterion Collection goes back. To I mean, 1998. The, like the, the beginning of filmmaking. Um, it spans like they've been added as like historically like films that are important. Because you know, like they got the AFI Top 100. Mm-hmm. That's just more marketable. We can wrap our heads around the 100. Great Criterion. It's very obscure. It's very niche. It's very like film history. It, it, it's, yeah, it, it's a little. A, it sounds yeah. Elitist. It could be the name of a Star Trek ship, the Criterion. Criterion. <laughs> yeah, a little small one though. The USS Criterion. <laughs> um, I've never seen Million Dollar Baby. I don't know how it ends. This looks like one of those movies that is not funny. No, <laughs> I know that it's not funny. I can't oh. think of many Eastwood movies I've even seen. Like, I just don't, like, we were talking about Richard Gere, when we want, like, to bring up Primal Fear again. When Richard Gere came up, we talked about that R- Richard Gere's always been very adult. Like, yeah. he's always in adult movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And 
The same can be said for Eastwood. Mm. Other than Space Cowboys, he's very adult. Yeah. And he's always been old. Our whole life, he's just always been old. Yeah. I hear that he he's a director that supposedly like knows what he wants. Is he a one he's a one taker? He's not necessarily a one taker, but the as rumor has it, I've never worked with him, nor know anyone that has, but he knows what he wants. He's like a one or very few taker. And um, his days end on time or mostly early. He's like, gets in, does it, goes home. Home by dinner. Mm-hmm. Definitely home by dinner. I like that. He probably eats dinner at 4 p.m. because he's 90 years old. Jumps in the bushes with the hose to like, spray kids that are on his I have a great Clint Eastwood story if you want to go on a slight Now nah, let's move on. Okay. No, no. Obviously, we want to hear your great <laughs> Clint Eastwood story. Um, I went to UC Santa Barbara, and they have a film festival, um, the Santa Barbara International Film Festival, and I used to work it every year. They would have one, um, the Arlington downtown, they'd have one theater where they would have, that's where like Brad Pitt and Angelina would go, like, they'd have like a special big guest every year. You could have just said Brangelina. Brangelina. Well, now they're split. Time. So I, No, they're split now, so you have to separate mm-hmm. them. Um, so one year Clint Eastwood was set to speak and he was the guest and they would drive every year they would drive the, the guest in. And so everyone was waiting, looking one direction and we were all ready, crowd control. There was fences up in this whole thing and he's late. Time keeps passing. No one knows where he is. And I'm looking the opposite way. Cause I'm there as like kind of a PA just doing crowd control, and I'm looking the opposite direction of where the cars come in. And I see him and his wife and one of his kids, and he's walking up. Pardon me, pardon me. They're walking up through the crowd, and everyone is so fixated on where he's supposed to be coming in. He's passing by, tapping people on the shoulders, making his way towards the front. No one notices. I mean, I don't know. He's also an old man, and he's very (laughs) soft-spoken. Um, and he walks up and he, there's a, you know, big gate around the whole red carpet and he walks up and jumps the fence and hops onto the red carpet, (laughs) dusts himself off and walks into the theater. And by that point, then everyone's starting to catch on and figure out what's going on and everyone flips out. And, um, yeah, I mean, he was, I don't know, 80, he's nine. I don't know how old he is. Um, hops over the fence, like climbs the fence, hops right over, jumps down onto the red carpet. (laughs) That's badass. And strolls into the theater. That's some cowboy shit. That's some real cowboy shit. It was fun. I wonder if he, like, if that's a thing he does or if it was just extenuating circumstances. Like he was having dinner and just didn't know. He's like, shit, all right, well, we'll just walk over. Yeah. I didn't get that. Or, like, like he's one take. He's always going to take the most efficient route to a place. Ooh, I like that theory. He's just an efficiency guy. (laughs) It's the most direct route, so I'm just going to climb that fence. Hop that fence. Oh, that's funny. The same year as Million Dollar Baby, there was another movie that came out, and it's called The Life Aquatic with Steve Zusso. Have you seen this? I have not seen this, which is unfortunate because I'm a Wes Anderson fan. How do you end up being a Wes Anderson fan and skipping this movie? It's <sighs> a great question. I don't know. I've seen so I've seen bits and pieces of the movie, but not enough. Um, I mean, it's a fan favorite. It's like a cult film at this point, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think of it. I mean, I think of it like Royal Tenenbaums, and then this. In terms of Royal like, Tenenbaums, is wait, so like what's fa- in the pop, like favorite. most public. If when I think of like Wes Anderson's career, I think of this being his second biggest movie, and mm. then Fantastic Mr. Fox is a, a sort. I mean, of a you guys are totally thing. skipping bottle. Uh, 
to like Moonrise Kingdom, which was huge. That was more. I don't think of that as being as big as this. Maybe it's just how old I was when it. Mm. I mean, that was a huge. I think for people in general, that was a big favorite. I don't think that's his best, one of his better films, though. I think visually speaking, yes. Story-wise, uh, no. And I, I actually just think Budapest is probably my favorite now. Grand that's Budapest. also a beautiful film. I think... It's it funny is, you've seen Darjeeling Limited and yep. not this. Yes. I know. It's the only... Honestly, that is the only one... I'm trying to think of... Uh, that's the only one of his films that I have not seen. I've even seen Hotel Chevalier, which is the short film sure, that accompanies... Sure, spin-off, yes. yeah. But not Life Aquatic. He's, he's basically hanging out in the hotel for 20 minutes. Yep. Hotel that's Chevalier, that's colon. A, that's a really great little short, though. Oh, it is it? fun, yeah. Hotel Chevalier, colon, a Darjeeling limited story. <laughs> yeah. Um, the extended universe, the Darjeeling extended why, universe. So why do you, have you waited this long? You're waiting for the, it seems like a waiting for the right time. Yeah, I I don't have a good answer, and I'm a little embarrassed. Yeah. I'm wondering if you have any good Wes Anderson stories as that could top your Clint Eastwood. <laughs> I wish. Uh, I write a lot of treatments, and I use a lot of Wes Anderson stills <laughs> and color palettes. I'm a big fan of his uh, everything he shoots. He has a color palette, like per scene for movies. I've noticed his symmetry as well. Symmetry. I am inclined to shoot symmetrically, which is why I think I source a lot of his stuff. This is a good list so far. Yeah, it's a really strong, and it's and it's it's just going to get stronger. You've got 1966, The Endless Summer. Oh, sort of surfing, surfing. Th- that's not okay. That's there, here's a here's an interesting fact. That's yes. not really on there because I want to watch it. That's an interesting one to me because in college, I mean, like everyone puts that poster up. Yeah. The poster, like yeah. the aesthetic of that film. There's so many things that became kind of weirdly iconic. Um, and I had that poster in my room in college because I went to the quad and they had a bunch of stuff and I was like, this is this is you're cool. like, mm, you're like yeah. see, Scarface, no. <laughs> um, the Crow, no. <laughs> Uh, the smiley face smoking weed? Nope. Yeah. Um, Pink Floyd? Call it, nope. Yeah. John Belushi chugging Jim Beam? No, not me. <laughs> not quite right. Close, but not quite right. Um, tidal wave. How about uh, Japanese tidal wave? Mm, done. Um, yeah, I just, it's a, because I don't, I think a lot of people have not seen that movie. It wasn't one I had to even watch in film school. It just was never really discussed, but I yeah. feel like it's iconic for, I guess, mostly that poster, which sounds so stupid, but. Um, so I think more out of curiosity, I threw it on there because I was like, what's this movie about? Tell her what it's about. Read the, read I mean, the blurb. We have well, a, you, <laughs> you know, before I do, you tell her what it's about. Read, you guess what the blurb says and then I'll tell you what it says. I've read the blurb. Um, I think it's... Give I, me a fake synopsis. The Endless Summer is a documentary about one pack of surfers and their quest to find the perfect... But what's the surfer? Isn't there like a? Is there an, literally the synopsis? In 1966, <laughs> two top surfers ride the wild waters of Hawaii, Australia, Africa, and other exotic locales, searching for the perfect wave. <laughs> that's all Spot surfers on. are looking for. I mean, that's all that surfers are looking for. <laughs> and it's it's starring Bruce Brown and Wayne Miata. Bruce okay. Wayne. Oh, wow. So it's like a Batman movie. There you go. Okay. So we can watch it twice. <laughs> so yeah. we watch it twice in the theater. 
Um, there's two other movies we should talk about here. Okay. And then we'll... I, we've already got a bunch. Yeah. This is going to be... Should we just jump to the list or... No, read okay. them. Well, one of them is... We owe it to Sammy. Uh, Midnight in Paris, which is Woody Allen, and so I don't want to watch it. He's... Yeah, he's... Uh, I've actually... I've seen that movie. I remember so little of it <laughs> that... That's a scenario where you can just remove it from the list. I feel like, I, yeah, I probably should. I'm do. Can I do it? I was talking about this movie today, actually. Someone referenced it, and I was like, I've seen it. I just don't remember much of the movie. Yeah, we can remove it. Can we see if she it's can gone. give a description for this? Oh, nope, because I just Insert removed it. Say, <laughs> well, what would be like any Woody Allen movie? It's like a a lonely guy in search. A neurotic old man falls in love with a baby girl and in search of the perfect it's comedy. It's slightly too long. <laughs> it's a real hit or miss. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so then the last thing in here is 2007 Zodiac. Mm, I've seen that movie. That movie, I cannot watch enough. I love that movie so much. Sammy. But I like, I like Fincher. I've seen Fincher films, probably most of his films, multiple times. I did not even realize that he did this movie. I think I just... It's a brilliant film. I, I have to admit, this is where my sort of... Um, my bias against biopics gets me in trouble is if something is like based on real events mm. and I kind of know what happened, mm-hmm. then it doesn't even register that I would want to see it. And now I'm looking at this and I'm going, Robert Downey Jr., Mark Ruffalo, Jake Gyllenhaal, David Fincher made a movie and I didn't even consider watching it. That's yeah. dumb. It's, I highly recommend. I mean, I can, I've probably seen, I've probably seen it four times, but I, yeah, I'll watch most of his films again and again. I'm sold. I'm adding it to my list Great. T- tonight. I yes. uh, have recently started watching it. I- <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. And that's it. I'm about like an hour in. I had the DVD for the longest time. I mm. purchased the DVD and just yeah. never watched it. And now that it's as convenient as possible, I'm going to So you're, really you're, get there. you're not watching that DVD. Did you're you, streaming it on Netflix. But did yes. you like what you've seen so far? Why yeah. did you stop watching? Uh I fell asleep. Just got to, yeah, yeah. fair. Alex okay. watches in chunks. All right, we've got a list. Tell me what's on it, and then Ooh, let's uh, okay. decide what we're going to do. First up, 1999's classic twist, The Sixth Sense. I see dead people. Uh, All the time. And followed up by Rounders, the Edward, Ed Norton, Matt Damon vehicle. We have the Oscar-winning Million Dollar Baby. Wes Anderson's Life Aquatic, The Endless Summer, the 60s documentary about surfers. Perfect wave. Midnight in Paris is crossed off. And that's it. That's what you have your choice. That's your choice. This is it. Great. The best part about it is there's no rules. The rules are there are no rules. Wait, I choose? Well, we'd like to narrow it down to three. So we have three Q contenders for branding purposes. Okay. And so you can help us with that, and then we can help you get all the way to a, a made decision. Okay, let's go. I'm going to take off The Endless Summer. Yeah. Because I think it's, yeah. And and that maybe you want to just remove from this queue in general. I think. Who are you fooling? Let's I mean, do let's, it. The poster died years ago. Let's let's take it off the queue. I think I'm going to go Six Cents, Million Dollar Baby, and Life Aquatic. Okay. Rounders um, makes the cut. Rounders. And this does not make the cut. And it didn't make the cut. Okay. 
All right, The Sixth Sense, Million Dollar Baby, and Life Aquatic. Mm -hmm. Now shit gets real. Yep. Well, here's what it comes down to. It's do I complete the Wes Anderson career uh, career circle. of movies circle the circle of life um million dollar baby for its performance and direction or the sixth sense for its pop culture relevancy for its exi- yeah it's three really strong choices and it's tough how about this next time you go out to a party what would you be most excited to talk to people about that you had finally seen good question <laughs> what are you gonna lead with hey guys Ooh. guess what i just saw for the first time God, um, I'd say, I'd, I'd say, let's go life aquatic. I mean, that's by far the most fun choice of the three. I mean, then I can say, cause I can't say right now that I've seen, and I do say he's one of my favorite directors and I have not seen all of his films. So that might be a huge personal win. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Whereas not having seen Sixth Sense is actually kind of cool to be like, oh yeah, I've never seen it. I don't even know what the thing is, you know, <laughs> like if we see it, you're not, you're never going to be able to pretend that you don't know what the twist is, but it, now I you could, I, but you could I pretend know. that I just don't know. Like I kind of, yeah, I feel don't ruin like, it. Don't ruin it. I don't know. Yeah. See, you could do that. So I can keep people from talking about the sixth sense yeah. forever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then million dollar baby. She's very adult. There's a reason that you haven't seen million dollar baby. Yeah, Absolutely. Because I know how that ends, too. You don't? No. I don't know how you it don't. ends. I do. I know how it ends. I think I might know how it ends. I've done a little deductive research. Yeah, I mean, it, and I think the Life Aquatic, it really doesn't matter how it ends. How it ends? Yeah. I know how it ends. But it also doesn't matter. <laughs> no, it doesn't matter as much. Yeah. I don't know how it ends. Well, there we go. <laughs> um, let's go watch Life Aquatic. Yeah, by simply, really by simply, like, which of these movies do you not know how it ends? <laughs> Maybe how we should have started. It's the only one that you don't know how it ends. (laughs) Let's watch it. All right, we're going to watch Life Aquatic. Our listeners are going to hear the trailer for it. Then we're going to come back and we're going to tell you how it ends. The Belafonte, home to Team Sisu. Scaled crew of deep sea divers, adventurers, documentary filmmakers. Action! Led by internationally renowned oceanographer Captain Steve Sisu. Expert on every aspect of marine life. Swamp leeches, everybody. Check for swamp leeches. Nobody else got hit? I'm the only one? What's the deal? But there remains one form of life about which Captain Sisu knows very little. You're supposed to be my son, right? I want you on Team Sisu. The answer's yes. Well, it's got to be. I'll already a red cap and a speedo. Oh! This will be Team Zisu's most ambitious adventure to date. I'm going to go on an overnight drunk, and in 10 days, I'm going to set out to find a shark that ate my friend and destroy it. What would be the scientific purpose of killing it? Revenge. Quiet out there tonight. Can you hear the jack whales singing? Beautiful. I wonder what they're saying. Well, that was the sludge tanker over there, but there you go. We're back. You did it. That's it. We did it. That's all the. That's all there is. That's it. There's no more Wes Anderson. There's no more. No. He's probably making more. This is in the Criterion Collection. (laughs) I looked it it up. Is it? It is. Ooh. And the Criterion Collection was formed in 1984. Okay. So it's it doesn't go back. It's not like an old clandestine. 1900s. That's the 1900s. 
All right, let's talk about Life Aquatic. Okay. Life Aquatic was great. It was really good. I'm kind of emotional right now in a way that I don't usually get after movies. Really? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, that movie got me. I actually think... I I don't like the pacing compared to uh, Grand Budapest and Moonrise. Hmm. And I don't know, maybe... Maybe the, it's, it's not that this is too weird. I just don't. It's not one of my favorites. I will say, of having watched it a second time, there are good parts in it. Mm-hmm. There are all time. It, there's some can, canonical yeah. Wes Anderson in there, mm-hmm. but he got better. He got better. He got to. He learned to, to write a better mm. story. I think. I think he I was don't. better before, and I think he's done great stuff after. Mm. It's not my favorite. It's not my least favorite. What surprised you most? Because you had probably gone in with some preconceived something or other. The, I don't know why, the animation, like even that little seahorse, the animation surprised me. Yeah. That was magical. Very Wes Anderson, but magical. I wasn't expecting that. Some of the best stuff he does is that like theater style, like it just looks like theater props, theater Mm -hmm. set. Yeah, Mm -hmm. And I mean, the production design in this was outrageously amazing i mean they've got the whole boat mm-hmm. is basically just like a cross section it's so great should we do our recap oh yeah i feel Holy like we're, shit. we're we're oh we're oh man deep, we're deep into it already we did, yeah <laughs> let's do a quick recap okay life aquatic with steve zuso bill murray stars he plays a aging former marine oceanographer oceanographer, oceanographer in the in the jacques Cousteau style yeah it's a a revenge story and a father-son story. Mm-hmm. In the beginning of the movie, his friend gets eaten by a shark, and he declares he's going to go find the shark and kill it. And then Owen Wilson shows up and says, I'm your long-lost son, and my mother just killed herself. And then the two of them have an adventure. And there's a cast of characters, an ex-wife, uh, adversarial rival oceanographer, and... Played by Jeff Goldblum. Yep. There's a, a Portuguese... Covers of every David Bowie song. Yep. And a really good Willem Dafoe. I'd have to agree. So, yeah, he's he's looking for the shark. Um, if you haven't seen the movie, go see it, because we need to spoil it in order to talk about it. But the emotional climax of the movie is Bill Murray finally apologizes to his son for never having reached out to him, and then his son almost immediately dies. And then almost immediately they find the shark, and Bill Murray no longer has the urge to kill it. Yeah, it's an interesting story about loss. A lot of, lot of death in this movie, a lot of loss. A lot of death. And then he doesn't end up killing the shark. Right. The uh, action sequences in this are, so, like the gunfight. Like, mm-hmm. is there, there is some gunfight in Grand Budapest. Mm-hmm. But it does feel weird, like some stuff kind of feels like you don't see it in any other of his movies. Um, the fight scenes almost have this like kind of like 60s like spy thing. Am I misreading that? It feels also very theatrical. Even the the fighting in mm. this. Yeah, like when Austin Powers would have a fight. Yeah, and he's just like blam, 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 feels blam, very blam. Stagey. Mm-hmm. At any point, are you worried that he's about to get shot? No. Right. No, the the no, the gunfight. Nothing ever feels threatening in that way. Yeah, it's interesting. Alex and I have a running. We we keep a running tab on like indie band names. And yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I feel like Jaguar Shark is a classic indie band name. That could be good. It's surprising oh, yeah. that no 
group of hipsters, like in 2004, were just like, let's name our band Jaguar Shark. What about the Belafontes? That's really good, too. The Belafontes. Yeah. That's like the the indie hipster band that takes themselves a little too seriously. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was like uh, looking up uh, taglines. This had a tagline. I, I just You, you want to believe that Wes Anderson movies can exist in a world where like the Hollywood industrial complex doesn't require there to be a tagline. Uh, right. Just what say was the like, tagline? The tagline was, the deeper you go, the weirder life gets. They all, they all of his movies have them. Oh, they all do. Yeah, the idea of a tagline is you're selling a movie. Yeah, in a one sentence. Yeah, and it just doesn't seem like it's necessary. No, for the tagline. The tagline should be: "This is the next Wes Anderson movie." <laughs> Either you want to go see it, or you from don't. the guys yeah. that brought you yeah. Bottle Rocket. From the guy that made every other Wes Anderson movie. <laughs> Wes Anderson. <laughs> um, this was his biggest budget movie too, fifty mil. Mm. All that stop motion. He hadn't quite mm. figured out stop motion. That's what's fun about this. The anima- like the animation in this, he definitely took stuff, like you said, from his previous films. And then there was that little bit of animation that preludes, right? Because mm-hmm. Fantastic Mr. Fox. That was later. Three later? Two or three later? So that's kind of fun to see. Yeah, those all the like all of the animals in it are really fun. They like take it to this surreal place, mm-hmm. even in scenes that aren't that surreal. There's like some, there's like a, like a little lizard on his hand that's just like that was great. That he just flicks off. That's just so trippy. <laughs> you think Bill Murray was smoking weed when he was smoking weed, or prop weed? I think he was smoking weed. Maybe a little of both. Roll them together like a spliff, but it's half real weed and half fake weed. I thought he was great in this. He was great in this. I don't actually... I know everyone loves Bill Murray. I'm not the biggest Bill Murray fan. Talk to us about that. Everyone does love him. Everyone loves him. I think at a certain point, he just kind of got like... He just became... I don't know. He can almost like do no wrong. And I think he got a little too goofy and a little too unhinged. And he became... I don't know. There was even, what was the movie where he plays himself... Some zombie movie. It oh, just got that was Zombie so Land. Crazy. Zombie yeah, Land. Zombieland. I, I mean, I would agree. And Alex knows that I'm about to bring up that Bill Murray was accused of domestic assault, and nobody oh. talks about it. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, he. It's They're, dangerous whenever celebrity gets to a level that they can do no wrong because mm-hmm. everybody does wrong. And like, if he is you know, a violent, abusive person, we shouldn't all be putting him up on this pedestal and continuing to, like, let him make whatever movies he wants and do whatever projects. So, watching this, the one hard thing, and for the most part, I loved this movie as much as I did ten years ago, and the one hard thing was looking at it and being like, his character is kind of an asshole, and that's not quite as fun as it was before I thought that he might be also kind of an ass you know what i mean like (laughs) and and i don't know if i if i want to forgive him his sins so that was challenging he made garfield he did he was in garfield (laughs) so i don't know what i like about this movie so wes anderson aesthetically this might be a bold statement i think he's a better visual storyteller than he is as far as like script goes Mm. fun stories great stories i think there's a lesson to take away i mean this is all about you know death and loss and you know grief in a weird way 
I think visually, though, he's a much better storyteller than he is as far as the script itself goes. Right. That's that's his thing. That's why he's By far, yeah. who he is. But what was fun with this is a lot of this, for the most part, was handheld or felt handheld. Felt like you were on a ship. Mm. I'm used to locked off Wes Just Anderson. Every shot. Static, still, locked off. Moving up, grounded. moving down. Yep. This was... This felt much more like I'm on a boat. It was handheld for the most part. Yeah, I mean, the gunfight scene. It was wobbly. Yeah. yeah, everything. Even when they were moving through the skeleton of the ship, when you're right. moving through, yeah. instead of, you know, it feels like you're on... A re- everything felt much more fluid and a little bit... It wasn't as perfectly poised and placed and positioned as most of his films, which is kind of fun and fits the... Like you know, feeling like a documentary. Feeling like a documentary and feeling like you're out at sea. So yeah. that was kind of cool. And that was unexpected for me. I wonder how he removes those. If he like uh, used post to stabilize things perfectly still. The way like, that's something I know that David Fincher does now. Mm-hmm. He wants perf- like perfection. David Fincher, not to get too much on a tangent, but he, at least for Gone Girl, I feel like we talked about this back when we saw it, but he frames everything wider so that he can in post pick the exact frame. He gives himself like, mm. I don't know if, I can't remember if it's like a 10% margin, but he shoots He calls everything. them Finchtergrams so he can just crop it and <laughs> pop it. Finchtergrams. Crop it and pop it. Yeah, he shoots everything just a little, something around 10% wider so that he can go in and choose the exact frame he wants. Oh, that's that's interesting. To Eastwood. Eastwood just Eastwood just frames Eastwood, I, he actually shoots less than he wants <laughs> and then they have to sort of composite render around the edges to... <laughs> <They'd be rebuilt laughs> but the they're frame. still home by dinner <laughs> um, I was gonna ask about Kate Blanchett do we not pay enough attention to her or too much I, I couldn't mean, name or, you a movie she's in and yet she Carol. kind of gets she was great that movie Lord of the Rings she kind of gets just the right amount of praise, like I mean, her peers, Blue like, Jasmine. Yeah, right. She won best. She's got two Oscars. Mm-hmm. Um, she in the within the film community, she, everyone knows that she's like one of the best. I think of her Highly as being acclaimed. an amazing actress, and I think of her as making great decisions. She's and Bob Dylan. That one Bob Dylan movie about mm-hmm. Bob Dylan. I'm not there. Mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm a fan. I think she's great. She was great. I also was trying to think of if if I could think of any other movies where the romantic lead is pregnant for the entire movie. I thought like you, that's just something you don't see, and I thought yeah. that was really interesting. Yeah. That's mean, a really good. Her question. being pregnant, single, and then getting involved with and essentially falling in love with Owen Wilson's character. Mm-hmm. I can't remember a movie where we've seen that. That's cool. That is cool. That's all I've got. I, the only other thing I wrote here is high-tech gear. I really <laughs> liked the high-tech gear. There was high-tech gear, although there were no <laughs> cell phones. And this movie was made in a in a reality where cell phones existed. Meaning, like, when this came out, we all had phones. Technology-wise, the giveaways would be, like, the edit, editing machine, like, and the fact that, like, he, he was... So he was, like... They're shooting on film. Got. I mean, well, gotta be shot on gotta, film. What else would would tell telegraph it? I mean, it just looked analog, right? Everything yeah. looked analog. Yeah. But also for the plot, they were out of money, so they could have just had old gear. Like part mm-hmm. of the plot conceit was that all their shit was falling apart because it was old. So I don't know. 
I don't know when it took place. A lot of his films are somewhat ambiguous. Ben Stiller wearing a just like a Adidas jumpsuit. Because <laughs> <laughs> even think about like Grand Budapest. That's yeah, that, clearly not like of a modern. You know, that's not right. modern. And they time thing. jump. Mm. From when she, yeah, yeah, they're all a little bit out of time. Mm-hmm. Speaking of which, we're out of time. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Sorry, I just wanted to do uh, that. <laughs> that's really good. I know. Um, so before we rate this movie, let's say we've got listeners and they're like, "Oh, those are some astute observations on Life Aquatic." Where can I find more about this director extraordinaire? Sammy Cohen. Where would they go? What would they do? Um, this feels very self-indulgent. <laughs> <laughs> Having a Terrence Malick moment, as we might say. Um, you can go to www.sammycohendirects.com. That's awesome. And our listeners already know how to spell Sammy because we went over it. Yes, we the did. Beginning. With an I with a little, the little heart four-leaf clover <laughs> on top. <laughs> A little star on top. And directs with an X at the end? <laughs> Two X's. Oh, double X. Okay. I didn't know it was those kind of and movies. And Instagram, when you're uh, doing your Finchstagrams style cropping? My Instagrams. <laughs> um, my Instagram is just Sammy Cohen, S-A-M-M-I Cohen. Speaking of Instagram, we're running a social media promotion right now that we should talk about. We've got t-shirts. I mean... You got nothing? What I t- got nothing. What t-shirts? Where oh, can, where thank can, you for participating. Where can we get... To- We've got Clear in the Q t-shirts. There's a, there's a box of them right behind you. And we don't want to sell the t-shirts. Oh. They're not for sale. No. How do we get them then? The only currency we crave is iTunes reviews. So basically we have this scam where we want people to give us a five-star rating on iTunes and then screenshot that, email us at clearingtheq at gmail.com. Q-U-E-U-E. And then we're just going to send them a t-shirt. You could direct message our Instagram and send us that screen grab. Is that a thing? That's a great deal. Wait. <laughs> All I have to do is give you a five-star review, which I was going to do anyway. <laughs> Screenshot it, send it to you, and I get a t-shirt? Yeah. You don't even have to send it to me. I'm your neighbor. I can just come over We'll and just hand it deliver it. You can just hand it. Yeah. That's it. That's the promotion we've got going on. We want to get rid of these t-shirts. We want you to have them. Great. Well, I'm going to go give you guys a, a five-star review. Before you go, we need to rate this movie. Or a thumbs up, I should say. <laughs> yes. Uh, Moving funny us you mentioned right that. Into. Because of the new Netflix system. Mm. We're not happy about the new system. I don't like the new system. <laughs> but we're accepting that that's what they're doing. Yeah. So, basically, that is just to say thumbs up or thumbs down. I mean, it gets a thumbs up. It gets no a doubt thumbs up that. for me as Thumbs well. up across the board. Do you think in the... <laughs> In the thumbs up, thumbs down era, like, is there ever going to be a movie that we don't all agree on? Because every time since we switched to thumbs up, it's like we're all either thumbs up or we're all thumbs down. Hmm. And with the star system, there was always a little wiggle room. Is it a two or a three? Is it a three or a four? Maybe it'll be a self-indulgent Terrence Malick movie (laughs) that we... (laughs) That gets the split vote. One of us will think he was indulging properly. <laughs> oh, it was the right level of indulgence. Um, Sammy, this was so enjoyable. Uh, we've got great news for you because you're now one step closer to clearing the queue. Woo! 
That was Clearing the Queue. If you have heard anything you like or know that we were just dead wrong about, you can email us at uh, clearingthequeue at gmail.com. Q is spelled Q-U-E-U-E. That's a tough one. And if your thoughts are funny, we'll read it on air. Follow us on Twitter at CTQ Podcast, Instagram at Clearing the Queue, Facebook.com slash Clearing the Queue. Subscribe on iTunes? Yeah, subscribe on iTunes. 